0: This is 251 Now with Kelly Finley, the go-to place for what's happening in our local community. Presented by AIDS Alabama South and the Mobile County Health Department. The businesses you need to know about, local artists to support, restaurants to visit, community leaders making a difference. Local topics you and your friends are talking about now.
1: Good Sunday morning and welcome to 251 Now with Kelly Finley. Big thank you to our sponsors for really believing in what it is we're doing. And that includes the Mobile County Health Department and AIDS Alabama South. As I do each Sunday, I get to introduce you to great people who have information that's designed to make you, your family, our community even better. And today I have not one but two guests. As I do each Sunday, I have my guests introduce themselves, tell you the name of the organization they're with, and then we get right to the conversation at hand. And I do want to remind you because of the Delta variant, the pandemic very much in play, we are wearing masks. So if we sound a little muffled, just lean in a little bit. We just wanna be safe and make sure that we're protecting each other as we uh, navigate our way through this pandemic. All right, so ladies first, ma'am, good morning. Good morning, thank you for having us. You are so very welcome. Let everybody know who you are, what you do, and which organization you're with.
0: Yes, uh, my name is Bridget Mulroy. I'm born and raised from Mobile, and I'm here today to represent L'Arche Mobile, which is a community for adults with disability.
1: Love it, welcome to the show, and sir.
2: Good morning. My name's Marty O'Malley, and I'm with the L'Arche Mobile community. I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, and now I'm back down here as a damn Yankee. So.
1: <laughs> I'm with you on that page. <laughs> that means you're changing things for the better. That's right.
2: I think so. Yeah.
1: Yes, so Welcome. Thank you. You know, I have to tell you both. Um, so I have a really good friend. Her son is part of the L'Arche community. And I was doing this news story, and I could not remember how to pronounce L'Arche. Mm. And so I couldn't reach her in time. So I came up with a way that I will not share with you as to how I did it, but I'm glad you're here, the professionals, <laughs> to tell us what Larsh means and how to really say it correctly, right? <laughs> so help us understand what does L'Arche do here in the city of Mobile?
2: Well, yeah, thank you. You do pronounce it correctly, and it is French, which is why it's called L'Arche. And uh, the meaning of it is the ARC. Um, We've been at Mobile for 49 years. We're part of an international federation where there's approximately 145 communities in 45 countries. Mobile started uh, in 1974, and we're men and women with and without intellectual disabilities and we, our tagline is, we share life together. I like um, that. Yeah, so we have currently six homes in the Midtown area. And we have an activity center that was very vital and active prior to COVID. And we've had to make a few changes since COVID started. So. Mm-hmm.
1: You say, we share life together. Why is that more than a tagline for those who not only work there, but also who get to uh, receive the vital resources that you serve them with?
2: Yeah, so that's a great question. We use the term core member for people with intellectual disabilities, and we use the word team member for people that work with us. And uh, I prefer community member to describe all of us, but by sharing life once an individual with disabilities become involved with us, they can stay for life. And so, for example, we have one man, Willie. He's been with us 49 years. Really? Yeah, so as Willie's life has changed over the years, we accommodate. So, uh, not Willie, but we've had other people who needed hospice care. Mm -hmm. So then we would train our team to provide that hospice care. So they don't have to leave the home.
1: So. All of that goodness is happening right there off of Government Street in Bradford, right behind the Walgreens, because let me just tell you, one day I was picking up a pre- prescription and I got so excited.
0: Yeah. So okay, that's harsh. saw us in the that's parking lot. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that's happening there. So what's your role? So um, I don't know exactly what role I am. Depends on the day. But yeah, part of sharing right. life. I mean, mm-hmm. besides just hospice care and walking... Mm-hmm. For it, With people till death, it's everything while they're alive. And so a lot of times I think people um, have the assumption that people with disabilities, you're caring for them and you're, it's, it's all that caretaker role, which part of it is. But a lot of it is making sure people just have a good quality of life. So it's from high school prom to getting people jobs in the community to just having fun in the daily life, celebrating birthdays and anniversaries and all of that goodness.
1: So. You you reference intellectual disabilities. Is that a, a wide spectrum of of uh, family members or, as you say, core members that you are, get to work with?
2: Yeah, um, we don't necessarily fit those parameters. I mean, that's the term we use. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that is we are licensed by the Department of Mental Health, so the people that we're able to welcome would be considered and diagnosed with an intellectual disability. But we also look and say, who's the person in the greatest need, and are we able to accommodate them? So we do have a number of people with um, autistic uh, diagnosis of various sorts. Mm -hmm. We have a couple people who, they don't know what the diagnosis is, but they don't fit anywhere, and we've been able to welcome them and become family. So the other component of sharing life is our team members Uh, we have a veteran staff so we normally have about 55 team members Mm -hmm. we have probably 25 or so that have been with us over five years so we are all family so particularly during covid um, our organization has helped people their families get testing we've helped family members get the vaccine if they wanted it We've helped some of our team members' children with alternative education because they were concerned about being in schools with potential exposure. So, mm-hmm. so when we say family, it's really more than just a team member and more than just a core member.
1: I love that. Family comes in many shapes, shades, and sizes. And the fact that you're pouring so much love into the actual core member and then their family. I mean, your family continues to grow. Yeah. family reunions must be something.
0: They're, they're exciting. I'll you <laughs> <Right? of> that. <laughs> right?
1: What is? And I know we've said this before. Like, what does a typical day look like? Because I know that we've got we have a broad audience that listens to this show on all four of our stations. And right now, someone is saying, "How do I reach you? What do I need to know? How do I get in on this? how How can I help? How can I donate? I mean, we need to get the goods on Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I like to say that in Larch, you know, if you looked at your daily activity, it's the place where you can expect everything to happen, um, but anything can happen at the same time. So we're very routine as far as it looks probably very similar to what most people's households would look like. Sharing breakfast together, getting up for the day, getting up for work, all of that routine stuff. But it's also the place that has a thousand surprises throughout the day, and there's a million ways to get involved. You know, individuals and groups and churches and in all of that stuff really Mm -hmm. um so bridget how did you get involved so i i found this on accident which was uh interesting so i was born and raised in mobile but i don't think i knew of what larsh was until i was about 18 or 19 and i was a student at spring hill um and began that way just wanting to be more involved with people in that kind of work atmosphere. And now 16 years later, I'm still here. (laughs) Um, But again, it's a place that sucks you in and you really, you build your alternative family around it. So uh, befriending people that are other than me, that are different than me, um, not just with core members, you know, with people with disability, but, like Marty said, our team around us is so diverse from color and religion and age that I just feel like I'm learning something new every day, even sixteen years later, and that kind of gives you the drive yeah to get up and do something every yes. day that's
1: beautiful and it it it's a reflection of where we are as a community, you know based on the information that you sent, you say our community is strengthened by diversity, the team dynamics are made up of forty percent white. 40% black, 20% international. We're a combination of different cultures and language, religion, age, gender, and ability. That's a gift to the entire community.
2: Yeah, we feel like we represent the, the world, you know. And we've always said that, you know, for us, it's really important that we learn how to communicate. And if we're able to do that, then we can be a sign for the broader world. But it takes a lot of work. Especially when you look at our different backgrounds, you know, that we always have to be listening to the other person and really listening beyond just what the words are saying and understanding where their background is and what their culture is. So for me, growing up in the Midwest, very different than somebody growing up in Mobile, Alabama. Yes. Um, And then color too, you know, so uh, a person, we have um, a good friend of ours who is, black woman who grew up in the 50s and 60s in mobile and so she's come to do training for us on understanding the culture not just in the south but in the united states so so it's been very interesting and eye-opening for us
1: that's important not only that she's teaching but that you're ready to receive Exactly. Because I think you, you can fill in the blank, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, you know, Native American. I, I think that there are so many in cultures who want to teach, yeah. but it's got, there has to be a recipient on the end, other end that receives it with love. Because if it becomes a battle, then nobody wins and nobody learns and we're back to the same old same. Do you think because of your international background with having all the various, um, you know, um, organizations in the different countries, that that helps lend itself to you being so open-minded?
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it's interesting. And and like I said, I I get to come to work and learn something, and it's from the people that I'm around every day. Um, But a lot of our, our team has come. Because they needed work, which is much of our community right now. But they stay for the job and the mission because they're learning things that are outside of what their their norm would be, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Um, but when we talk about prayer life, that doesn't mean Christianity or Catholicism. We have Muslims. We have Hindu. We have all of that. And so when we celebrate worship together, it can be any of those backgrounds. Um, when we celebrate What is it going to look like for Thanksgiving for us or Christmas? We have to talk as a group and be able to listen and come together and say, okay, well, let's pull this together and this together, and what is that going to mean for all of us as a group to celebrate as a family? Because we don't want anyone to assume or to just uh, agree to something that's outside of their stuff. We want everyone to come with their individual stuff, and then we we bring it together as a group and, and really make our own culture within Mobile, which is really neat.
1: You two are dynamic. We're going to take a quick break and come back with more with Bridget and Marty talking about Larchmobile and ways in which that you can get involved in ways um, how you have to be very creative during the pandemic to be able to, be able to still reach your core members and the community and be as uh, wonderful as you are. Quick break. Back with more after this. Welcome back to 251 Now with Kelly Finley. We are continuing our conversation with Larchmobile. And, of course, Bridget and Marty are here continuing the conversation. And then when we went to break, I was asking you or I was alluding to the fact that the pandemic, we're very much in it. How does that impact your world? How does that impact how you're able to serve to such a a wide variety of people uh, across our city?
2: Well... It depends on the day, so <laughs> some days we'll say that we're on a merry-go-round, mm-hmm. and other days we're on a roller coaster, and then other days, I can't tell you. <laughs> so, well, <seat> belts <laughs> or no seat belts That's yeah, right. Yeah. So it's been, uh, we count the weeks, I think we're up to 77 or 78 weeks of this, like everybody else in the world, and it's been remarkable. As Bridget mentioned earlier, our folks are able to live based on secure routines. And so one of the things that we've tried to do over the years as we've gotten to know people is set up a routine Mm -hmm. where their daily life gives them life. And that's really important. Obviously, all routines have been shuttered. Yes. And we've had to somehow create new ones, but keeping people safe. So, you know, we have, Um, The six homes and each home has a team of team members and most of them have families. So it's not just we haven't been able to live in a secure bubble, but trying to help everybody, core members, team members and families of team members of how do we live responsibly and try the best we can.
1: When you talk about the six homes, are these... uh... Each home for one family or their roommates. Um, Walk me through that.
0: Right. So each house has anywhere between uh, three to five core members, people with disability, all from their own separate families that come to live together. Gotcha. Um, And then within our community, we also have people without disabilities, part of our team members. Um, Generally we have about 15 people that would actually live in the homes as well. So each house would have one or two people with COVID. We don't have that, uh, that number of people, but we still have at least one or two team members that live in the home. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of our team comes from the mobile community to come in and support the household and the livelihood of our folks. And like Marty said, you know, we're there for our core members, for our people with disability, but we're also there to support our team and their families. And, one of the great gifts of COVID is seeing that people step up and they really care about each other. And we have a phenomenal group of people that we can depend on.
2: So like one of our routines, um, we had many. So for example, people used to go to the Y and, and went regularly and some people would swim. Well, obviously that has not happened. So then the question was, how do we get people to be able to swim again in a safe place? So uh, the Spring Hill Swim Club opened up just for us. Oh, wow. So we've been there twice and we're hoping to go again in a couple of weeks. Bowling is the same thing. People love bowling. Yes. And they were in different leagues. Well, obviously with COVID, we wouldn't have that just because of the potential exposure. So we called the bowling alley up. And so the bowling alley now opens up every other week just for us. So our folks get to go. They get to bowl. Um, Museum of Art. Did this, Museum of History did the same thing where that was my nose hitting the microphone so, <laughs> <laughs> so well, first I lost a finger earlier now I'm losing my nose no, the, it's,
1: he's got a mask on yeah. um,
2: so they opened up as well for us mm-hmm. where we were able to go in when it was not open to the public so we've really tried as much as we can individually to try to have people engage but then also collectively and Bridget's done a great job as far as being able to help schedule people um, to be able to for example we have two people that work at Cammie's Old Dutch but they do it um, behind the scenes so they're not out in public which is important for us and it's really helpful for Ice cream lady is what we call Cami,
1: but it's she's so sweet. You see, see what I did with that? (laughs) She is. um,
2: But then also for our folks too, because they're engaged in a worthwhile job. So,
1: I think I think growing up, and no matter what age you are, um, many times you see uh, special needs people when you're a child, and you, you don't understand like where will they go after high school. Or what happens when it, when they get into the real world? You don't think about that. But, you know, through the grace of God, you know, we get to be older. And so everyone should have the opportunity to to be able to develop and do, you know, adult things. And the fact that you're there to help with that consistency, as I always like to say, it's a beautiful thing. You talk about um, the importance of community engagement in You have to think about how the pandemic really does impact that or can impact that. But as you said, it also allows you to see how many people are able to step up. For those in the community who want to help, what do you tell them is the best way that they can help besides cold, hard cash?
2: which is always good. That's always appreciated. Yes.
1: (laughs) But what are ways in which they can help? Is it with more of their time, um, their donations, their, um, you know, dropping off items? Like how can people help?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you talked about creativity and uh, the whole community's had to do that right in the last two years. Um, Normally we would, we really loved having groups of people in, especially young people, because like you said, it's, it's, giving them an education of the other person and, and, and learning about people that are different from them. Right now, obviously, we don't necessarily welcome that <laughs> just because of exposure. Um, but time and befriending people one-to-one. So if you can imagine how isolated many people have become in our community, it's especially that with adults with disability who can't risk being out and engaged as they normally would. So phone calls and FaceTime and letters, and snail mail that still exists, all yes. of that stuff are, is Good pick-me-ups and uh-huh. then you know we have individuals or families or churches that are involved with maybe preparing food or sending just happy snacks or we've had a group that came out and sang Christmas carols over Christmas break uh-huh. um, it just really takes a lot of creativity mm-hmm.
1: So I think about you know, I, our children are involved with project outreach
0: yeah.
1: mm-hmm. and you know the children that on both sides of that are just they're helping to empower each other through love and knowledge and understanding and patience. And we really realize that while this person may be lacking X, Y, and Z, this person may have it, but they're lacking X, Y, and Z too. And it's, I think when we get that conversation going and being creative allows us to go and grow.
0: Yeah, and those mutual relationships, I mean, yeah. that's where our mission is at, is sharing life, mutual relationships. We all, we belong to each other and we need each other.
2: Yeah, and that's a great organization, Project mm-hmm. Outreach, and we have a couple people, uh, an individual with disabilities that uh, was at Spanish Ford High School, and mm-hmm. now he's coming to us and potentially will live with us at some point. We have a couple graduates of college who also came through the Project Outreach through high school, so so it's, all, it's a mutual mm-hmm. group. Um, and we're always looking at hiring. so I was just about
1: to say. Yeah, <laughs> put it out there, Marty. Yeah, put it out
2: so there. We are always hiring, and uh, we have a couple benefits for people if they're interested mm-hmm. so they can contact us uh, both full-time and part-time, preferably full-time. So,
1: What about on the flip side for those who want to live in one of the six homes? What's the process of that?
2: So for a person with intellectual disabilities, um, we've had to make a lot of changes with COVID because what we used to do, we can't do today. So we try to become friends with somebody, either the individual and or the family. And just over time, based on what their need is, and if we have availability, then we would look at trying to serve them Mm -hmm. based on their ability. So for example, everybody's different. So we had one man uh, who grew up with his family and they were interested so they came to visit but they weren't ready yet so we set up weekly i think visits this was prior to covid obviously so they decided to come every week for dinner mm-hmm. for 17 years
1: <laughs> what 17 whole years 17
2: <laughs> years they would come every week uh-huh for dinner uh-huh and then eventually we had an opportunity where um, we had an opening in that house, and we said, now's the time. And so he moved in. He's been with us full-time sort of uh, for about six seven or seven years. years yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's just different for him. Now, somebody else, like the young man I was telling you about from Spanish Ford, mm-hmm. so he's been coming now for two and a half years, pretty much Monday through Friday. We do respite at their family home when needed. At some point, when they're ready and we're ready, we already have the relationship established. So... So everybody's unique.
1: And I'm and I'm glad you laid that out so people can better understand, you know, whether you want to donate, whether you want to work, or whether you want to be a part of the home, the processes that are involved. Now, Marty, uh, you know, you mentioned Midwest, so of course, you know, I understand that, being from the great state of Michigan. <laughs> you talk about being here in Mobile. Why? What made you care so much? Why did you know you had to be part of L'Arche Mobile?
2: Well, I didn't, so... <laughs> So I got involved with LARSH in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I was going to school at Marquette in 1976, just a few years ago. Yep,
0: telling his age. So
2: <laughs> eventually, I was asked to come to Mobile to be trained. So there was the L'Arche community here. So I came here for three months in 1980, Okay. and it's the longest three months of my life. I've only been here since 1980 and I was only <laughs> supposed to be here for three months. So.
0: I got you.
2: But it's been, as they say in the South, we're blessed. Um, where, you know, I have five children and they've grown up here. Um, and uh, they my family is just part of the large family. So uh, it's been really intertwined. So when I had my fourth child, our Christmas and all holidays are spent at the large community. And so when she was like four or five, she asked my older kids, uh-huh. when are we going to have a normal Christmas? And their response was, this is normal. So, uh, so we've been very fortunate that we've been able to uh, raise our kids in this environment.
1: Finish this sentence for me as we wrap up. The best part of working at L'Arche
0: is... It's just fun. I mean, if, if you want joy, that's what it is every day. It doesn't come without a challenge, but it's definitely worth every ounce of goodness you got. Yeah, every ounce of energy.
2: Love it. Sir? Oh, I have to answer that, you do. too. Yeah. It's never dull, and you never know what's around the corner. Literally, Which is usually good. Literally and figuratively, right? Exactly. Right.
1: Bridget and Marty, thank you so much for joining me. If you'd like more information, you can find L'Arche Mobile on Facebook and Instagram.
2: Well, thank you for having us.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this edition of 251 Now with Kelly Finley. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you back here same time, same place next week.
0: Tune in every Sunday for 251 Now with Kelly Finley. Presented by AIDS Alabama South and the Mobile County Health Department. 7.30 to 8 a.m. Right here on the Sound of Mobile.